you found 2 Kings chapter 6, let's stand this morning in reverence to God's Word. I'm going to break in about the 8th verse with the Lord's help. The Bible says, Then the king of Syria warned against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou passest not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down, and the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and served himself there not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled this thing. And he called his servant and said unto him, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And he was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dolphin. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and great, a great host. They came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, and gone forth, behold a host, is what the Bible says, come past the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Allis, my master, how shall we do? And I love, <laughs> I love the reply of the man of God. Yes. Listen, church. Yeah. And he answered, fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Let us pray. Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you hide your servant for just a few moments. And God, that you will bind my mouth up and that you will speak through it, Lord, clearly. And that I'll not get in the way, but God, that your people will hear your words this morning out of lips that you have made Lord, not of earthling, Lord, but the spiritual part. And God, that we'll receive something from heaven today that'll help us in these troubled times. Lord, we want to tell you we love you, and we're looking for your soon coming. And we'll give you the praise for it all, for we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You can be seated. I want to read on for just a moment. And Elisha prayed. And said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Talking about his servant that was afraid of all of those that were camped about him. That he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw. And behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, 
This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria, and it came to pass when they were come to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open their eyes of these men, that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, When he saw them, my father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. Wouldest thou smite those men, or smite those whom thou hast taken captive with the sword and with the bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. Listen to verse 22. And he prepared a great provision for them, and when they had eaten and drank, he sent them away, and they went to their masters, so that the bands of Samaria came no more into the land of Israel. I read this to you this morning because I wanted to try to set a stage for you to see what is going on. Here we see in this chapter the prophet is facing many circumstances and threats of attack from the enemy. It's overwhelming to him at times to his servant but not to the man of God his servant has said master what what do we need to do there's more of them than us and I'm glad that the the man of God said Lord would you let my servant see what you're doing and there's times as a pastor I pray and I ask the Lord to let you all see what he's doing here in the house of God Although the enemy is camped around us and there's war and there's rumors of war, there's death on every hand and there's problems on every hand. I want to tell you this morning with the help of the Lord, there's more with us than they are with them. That's why, that's why this morning I want to preach a message entitled, I'm on the winning side, amen. I'm glad no matter what the devil throws at us, no matter what's going to happen, we are on the winning side this morning. It's been talked about this morning, testified and sung about all morning. I know God's in arrangements this morning. He wants me to remind you all, we are on the winning side. I don't care what your newscaster said this week. I don't care what it looks like on the news. The world may look in a bad shape right now, but I'm telling you, there's a wedding getting ready to take place. <laughs> I'm glad the king is coming, and we need to be ready for the king to come. We can see in this chapter here, I love the book of Kings. I love to read about Elijah and Elisha and hear about how the training took place in these two men. We see Elijah being the great prophet, and he's training Elisha. And all of a sudden, when the great prophet's work is done, the chariot of fire comes down. Elisha's been following him. He's admired him. He studied after him. He wants the power that God has put upon him. And he said, how can I... 
I get this power? And he said, you need to follow me, look at me, do what I'm doing. Not that you're following him, but you're following him, amen? And the, he told him somewhere there in the scripture, he said, when I go away, when my mantle falls down to you, if it falls back to you, you'll know that you've received what you've asked of God. And what did he ask of God? He asked for a double portion of what Elijah had. And when the chariot of fire come down and got Elijah and took him away, uh, he didn't die a natural death like me and you had have to die one day, but he went away in that chariot of fire. The, my, the Bible says the mantle fell back to him and Elisha received that double portion that God had promised him. I'm telling you this morning, you may look at men of God and say, I'd love to be like that. I'd love to have the power of God. I'd love to preach like that. I'd love to do those great works of God. I'm telling you this morning, you can do it through the Lord this morning if you'll walk with him. Amen. Here we see that Elisha has walked with the Lord. He's been taught by Elijah and he's done great things, but he's come to a place where great persecution has come and the enemy has encamped about him and it looks like things are gonna go really bad here. And the, the old king, he's he's after him. He wants to find out how he knows everything that's going on. I'm gonna tell you this morning, you may hide your sin from the pastor, you may hide your sin from the church, but you ain't hiding your sin from God. God was there in the bedchambers when it happened. God was on the streets when it happened. He knows when it come out of your mouth. God knows all about it this morning. I'd say amen because it's fresh off the press this morning. God's given me what you need this morning. He knows where we're at. He knows who we are. He knows where we've been. But if we'll walk with God, if we'll repent of our sins and we'll live for God, I'm telling you this morning, we're on the winning side. We cannot lose. We'll fail God, I promise you this morning. If you're born again of the blood of Jesus Christ, you're going to fail in this life. Why? Because we're flesh. And we love darkness a lot of times more than we love light. You may not admit it, but it's the truth this morning. Just say ouch and move on up. I done had to say ouch and move up this week already. When God gave me this message, he began to show me some things. He told me, listen, son, you're walking on the winning side. Live like you're on the winning side. Talk like you're on the winning side. Witness like you're on the winning side, amen. Tell people you're on the winning side not the losing side. Can I tell you this morning, this government is not going to get us out of this mess. It's not going to be a party that gets us out of this mess, but I'm going to tell you who's going to get us out of this mess. One day the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and everyone that's had their robes washed in the blood of Jesus Christ been down to the banquet house, amen. Those are the ones that are going to be on the winning side, amen. I don't know where you stand this morning. Every one of you look like you're ready to go. I'm glad I've got my best suit on this morning. I got my good shoes on this morning. I got my bags packed up. I'm ready to go. Why? Because I woke up and found out I'm on the winning side. It doesn't matter what the news say. I don't care what kind of laws they come up with. I don't care who they bomb next. It may be America they'll bomb next. But I'm glad to report this morning we're going up. Amen. When this thing comes apart it's going to be good. You better hold on. This thing's fixing to pay off real good. I'm glad to be on the winning side 
But there's some things I want you to know. I'm going to get done real quick. And, but I want to give you something. I hope it will help you this morning. To know if you're on the winning side, you don't need to be afraid this morning. I know hearing the news this week and hearing everything that's happening, it's a little bit scary. And I've been praying for people. I've been praying for those that have been bombed. I've been praying for my enemies. I've been praying about what's going on in the world. I've been praying for our messed up government. I've been praying for our leaders. I've been praying for all those that are in authority and asking God to work with them and help them and show himself to them. But I'll tell you, a wicked and perverse nation that turns against God, the Bible says it'll be turned into hell. I'm gonna tell you what, when America has walked away from God, they're gonna suffer the wrath of God. One day after a while, he ain't gonna just uh, speak a little word to this world, but the Bible says there's gonna be weeping and welling and gnashing of teeth. He's gonna be cast into a place called hell. The Bible talks about one day that the fire is gonna rain down from heaven upon this earth. You better get right with God. He's fixing to come. But I wanna tell you Christians, don't be afraid. We're on the winning side. If you look over in verse 16, the Bible says, and he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. In Isaiah 41, 13, the Bible says, For I, the Lord thy God, will uphold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, for I will help thee. Yes. I'm telling you this morning, church, that God is in control of what's yes. going on in this country. I get asked uh, at times in my ministry, and I'm sure these brothers too uh, ask, get this question too. If God is a loving God, why does God allow people to be murdered? Why does he allow babies to be killed? Why does he allow this and why does he allow that if God's so good? I'm glad, I'm glad you've asked that this morning. I hope I can answer it the right way. There's a free will that's given unto man. It's a, called a free choice. God is such a perfect gentleman. He'll allow you to cuss him to, to your face and, and to his face. He'll allow you to live in sin and live wicked the way you want to live. He'll allow you to go out and take your neighbor's wife and do things you shouldn't do. He'll allow you to cheat on people and cheat on this and cheat on that and do all these evil things. He'll allow you to drink and smoke dope and shoot dope and do all these different things. He'll allow you to do that. But I'm gonna tell you what he won't allow. One day after a while, you'll stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and you'll give an account for every deed that's been done in the body. The Bible says whether it's been good or whether it's been evil, we're gonna give an account. But I'm gonna tell you this morning, and we've truly been born of the blood of Jesus Christ, we'll come out from among that mess and be separate, saith the Lord. That's what he tells us in his word. You know what? When I got born again, I didn't want to drink from the same old fountain I was drinking from the whole time. Because when I got that new wine, I got that new blood, I got that new way put within me. The Bible says that old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. All that other stuff passed away. I didn't have that desire no more. Why? Because I desired the things of God now. I want to walk with God. I want to hear from God. I want to have the anointing of God. I want to have the touch of God on my life. I can't have the touch of God and run with the devil's of the world. I can't uh, enjoy the things of the devil and the things of God. The Bible says if I'm lukewarm, he'll spew me out. Amen. What does that mean? I won't have the power of God on my life. I'll be like the dry dust. 
and I'll be like the tumbleweeds dried up blowing in the wind. But I want the power of God upon my life. And I don't have to be afraid when the devil comes knocking. You may say, I'm scared of the devil. You don't have to be scared of the devil. Because if you got the Lord, you don't have to face him alone. You can say, wait a minute, devil. I'm going to go talk to dad about this. You ain't doing that to me. I'm going to tell my dad about this. And you go talk to him. Remember when we was little kids and, and, and something would happen, we would want to run to mom and dad tell them what had happened to us. You know, nothing has changed. We can run to daddy right now and tell him what's going on. And I'm glad that dad will step right up and put the devil in his place. You don't have to be afraid. In Psalms 27, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord is my light. He's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength and my life. Whom shall I be afraid? If the Lord is on our side, what do we have to fear? What do we have to fear? Well, I heard about the bombings this week. It makes me nervous. I'm afraid that they're going to bomb us. I'm afraid this is going to happen. I'm afraid that's going to, you know what you need to do? You need to reach right over and get that little remote and turn that stuff off. And when you start getting afraid, go to the Word of God and begin to read the Word of God. You'll find out your fear will go right down. And you can rest in the Lord. Well, I don't know what to read when I'm afraid. Well, go to Psalms and start reading Psalms. That'll pick you up real quick. Yeah. And you'll read about the blessings of the Lord. You really, how David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. He said in one scripture, my cup runneth over. Amen. That's, not, that's, that's called not being afraid. Right. Trust in the Lord. Trust the Lord. Bad things will happen. I don't know how bad it will get before the Lord calls us out of here, but I do know one thing. He's fixing to call. Yeah. You better be ready. You better have your bags packed up. You better be ready to go. Amen. Over in Psalms 46.1, the Bible says, God is my refuge. He's my strength, and he's a very present help yeah. in the time of trouble. And this trouble that this nation's in, that this world is in, God is our only answer. He's our only refuge. I tell you this morning, he's our only refuge. He's the only one going to get us out of this mess. We can't vote in another man to make it better. We can't throw another man out to make it better. God is the only answer we've got, and we must lean on him. I'll tell you this morning, we try to follow the rules of the land and we try to do what's right, but we need to follow the rules of God's book. We need to get in the book and find out what God said about wars and rumors of wars and what's going to happen with pestilence and, and all these things that's coming upon us. If you don't think that we're at the very moments of time when it's about when the Lord's fixing to call us, you're snowed by the devil this morning. You need to realize that we're right at the moment of the Lord calling his church. You say, well, I want to live long enough to raise my children. I want to live long enough to get married. I want to do this. I want to do that. You may think that you want to do all that, but I'll tell you what, heaven's going to be a wonderful place. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and it's never entered into the heart of man with all the good things that God has in store for you and I. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of this old world. I'm ready to put it aside. I'm ready to move on with the Lord. 
I've seen enough trouble and I've seen enough suffering to do me a lifetime, amen. And I dread it for our children and our grandchildren that are having to go through it. Me and my wife was talking this week how our children have grown up in a different time than we have. We grew up in a time where we didn't even know internet. We didn't know these devices and all these things. And in our time, we've seen these things come to pass. I remember being in school where they talked about using a telephone that didn't have a cord on it. And I thought I'd never live to see such a day that a phone didn't have a cord on it. Then they talked about you'd be able to look at somebody on the phone and talk to them. I thought, that's futuristic. I'll never live to see that. And here I am, 52 years old, and it's all come to pass, and a lot more than that. I'm telling you, what are you saying, preacher? Don't be afraid. Jesus is coming. Amen. Amen. You need to get things packed up, fixed up, and ready to go. Because in the hour that you think not, the Bible says he's coming. Amen. So we don't have to be afraid. What do we need to do? You need to pray. That's what you need to do. We need to pray and ask God what he wants us to do in this life. In verse 17, look what Elisha said there. He said, Lord, I pray thee, open the eyes that they may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. I pray all the time. I say, Lord, help our people to see what you're doing. Lord, help me to see what you're doing. I get in those dry valleys. Anybody been in a dry valley lately? Anybody want a minute this morning? I went through one dry valley and looked around, and I was already entering another one. And it was dry. I was looking for something to drink, couldn't find nothing to drink. And I said, Lord, I'm in a dry valley. I'm awful dried up, Lord. I need your help. And all I could do was pray and ask God to help me. He's my provider. He's my provision. And when I get too dry, I'm glad the Lord say, hold on just a minute. Let me give you a drink. As cold water is to a thirsty soul. So is good news from a far country. I'm giving you good news this morning. Don't be afraid. Just pray and ask God to help you understand what's going on. And then he'll lead you over to the scriptures like James 5, 6, where he says to confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you be healed. You know why he said that? He said because the effectual Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You may say, well, I'm, I, I, I'm not like these others that, that can seem like pray heaven down. If you're born again this morning, you can get a hold of heaven. You're his child and he's listening. All you got to say is, Lord, yes, he's listening. When I woke up this morning, I said, good morning, Lord, and I could feel him right there with me. Good morning. And when I got up and put my feet up on the floor, Lord, thank you for the strength to get up on these old feet. Thank you, Lord. And I came out of my bed thanking the Lord this morning. How about you? Was you thanking the Lord? I got tickled. I tell on Emily this week, she, she never does this. She's always punctual and she's always on time and she's always ahead and she's always doing things just exactly right. I call it OCD a lot of times. <laughs> and she's always up and always ready. And we got up one morning this week, and 
It was about 20 to 8, I think it was, and she had to be to work at 8 o'clock. And I looked in her room, and there's no light on. I thought, she's already gone. We slept in that morning and uh, went in there and looked, and there she was, still asleep. <laughs> I said, honey, she's still in the bed. <laughs> Out there she come. Emily, you got to be working at 8 o'clock, and I mean she stood in the bed and saluted. <laughs> yes. Boom, out of there she came. I mean, she brushed them teeth like boom and gone. I mean, she was out of there. Ain't we like that a lot of times? We wait right to the last minute, and we're trying to figure out what God's doing, and we're running on the last second, and we're just out of time. We need to get up early and seek the Lord and pray. Does that ever happen to you? It's happened to me. Sometimes we'll get a little slack sometimes. You better watch out. The devil will sneak, sneak right on in there and try to cause you some trouble. And when we're, when we're letting our guards down, we're starting to live in fear, when we stop praying, the devil starts a mountain. Starts causing all the trouble. Starts piling it up on you and I. Matthew 5, 44, he says, But I say unto you, Listen, friend, we need to love our enemies. We need to pray for those that despitefully use us. We need to pray for them that do all manners of evil against us. We need to get up early and pray for them. You got somebody that's causing a lot of trouble in your life, and they're just a hindrance to your life, instead of getting vengeance and going after them, you know how to be on the winning side is get on your knees and pray for them. And ask God to help them. And if it just gets worse and gets worse, then you may have to change the prayer up a little bit and say, God, could you move them out of my life till I can go on and do your work? You know what the Lord will do? He'll move you or them one out of the way. And he'll make a way where there is no way. There have been a lot of times there have been folks hindering my life. And I've done everything to make things work. And I just have to say, Lord... I pray that you move them out of my way, that they not be a hindrance. Use them somewhere else or do something else with them, Lord. They're hindering my life. God, either move me or move them. I have prayed at times. I said, now, Lord, I am going to ask you not to kill them. Just move them out of the way. Because you don't want to be a hindrance to the man of God. I'm not talking about just me. I'm just talking about the men of God specifically. We want to pray for them and help them. Here we see this enemy that's come against Elisha, and they come to do harm to the man of God. So the man of God, what did he do? He just prayed. He said, God, would you blind my enemy? And you know what God did? He blinded them just like that. Elisha went up and got the enemy and led them right down to the one they were looking for, the king of Israel. Led them right down there, right in front of them stood them there and said, now, Lord, open their eyes. The Lord opened their eyes. Could you imagine what them men thought when their eyes was open, where they were at, right in the middle of the other enemy? But I'm glad to see what the Bible says. Elijah said, let's feed them, <coughs> show them some compassion. That's what the scripture says. Pray for your enemies. Show them some compassion. I know it's hard, but hang on. 
and sent them on their way. And you know what it done? It caused peace to happen. It caused peace to happen for Israel. And this, this war, this, this thing that was going on, this problem that was happening was taken care of. You know what will cause this uh, conflict that's going on right now to come to an end? If they would come together and pray and seek God, God would turn it all around for them. We wouldn't be in this threat of a war. We wouldn't be in this threat of what's about to happen. But we read over in Scripture where it tells us these things must come to pass. Well, there's going to be wars and rumors of war. People are going to die and things are going to happen. Why? Because God has a plan. And in the midst of this plan, we must keep our eyes on him to know one thing. We're on the winning side. It doesn't matter what's going to happen, church. We're still on the winning side. I thought, I thought and thought and thought about Sister Edna's testimony uh, last week or week before when she mentions, I've heard it many times, but when she said it the other day, it just resonated in me all over again. It doesn't matter what happens. We're a winner either way, amen. Whether they blow it all up or the Lord comes, we're a winner either way. So don't be afraid, just pray. And when you do that, the last thing I want to give you this morning, I want to beg you, is don't quit. You may have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and you've not seen anything come to pass. You know what the devil's telling you to do? I just quit. God ain't hearing your prayer. He, he, he's not doing nothing. You prayed all this time, and it still is, is getting worse all the time. I just quit. Anybody can quit. I'm going to tell you this morning, quitters never win, but winners never quit. <laughs> you want to be a true winner? Don't quit on the Lord. Verse 20, he said, And it came to pass when they were come into Samaria that Elisha said unto the Lord, Open their eyes of these men. And that's what the Lord done. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the Bible says, There hath no temptation taking you but such is common to man. But God is faithful, listen, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you can be able to bear it. So whatever you're going through right now, God can make a way of escape so that you can handle it. You may feel overwhelmed. And you'll say, I, I really don't know how I'm going to get through this. I'm telling you this morning in 1 Corinthians 10, he's telling you, I'm about to make a way out of this mess for you. Don't quit. Quit being afraid. Just pray and keep your eyes on me. Don't quit. You're almost there. You ever seen runners run a race? Sister Kelly runs all the time. They'll run right up to the point, almost to the finish line. I just can't do it. I've got to quit. And I mean, the finish line is right there. And they want to quit right before they get across it. They see it. We've run all this time for the Lord. And we've been pressing through all this time. Remember what Paul said? Press on. Press on to the mark and the prize of the high calling of God. 
He's talking to you, church. He's talking to us. Keep going. Keep going. We're almost there. The good part is you've got a church that loves you. You've got people that are supporting you. And you've got people that are going to help you across the finish line if you feel like you just can't make it. Amen. You know what our problem is? Is we won't ask for help. You won't ask for no help, and you won't ask the Lord for help. And that's why you're in the shape you're in. God has given you a family that loves you and are going to help hold your arms up and help you across the finish line. Spiritually, you and I are wore out. We, we, we just about give everything we got. And the devil says, quit. It'd be easier if you just quit. You've tried and you've tried and, you, and look where you're at. Won't you just quit? But you know what I want to do? I want to run over and help my brother saying, come on, I'm going to help you get on across the finish line. I know you're tired. I know the devil's beat you to death. But don't forget, we're on the winning side. Amen. We're going to win this thing. I don't care how many hate you, we're going to win. Let me help you get across the finish line and help one another as we go through, get them across the finish line. Amen. Greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. The Lord wants me to remind you we are on the winning side. I want to give you this last scripture that Paul said. I'm talking about a man that spent three quarters of his ministry in jail, in a prison jail. I'm talking about jails. You know, we think about these jails down here. Brother, Brother uh, Smith there, he works in jails, and he knows what they are, and some of you others do. You know, they got these jails. They're mopped and cleaned real good. They smell good sometimes. And, and, and they lock these doors behind the prisoners and they feed them three meals a day and, and they have different things. I'm talking about a prison where there's none of that. I think uh, if I pronounce it, the Metrianian uh, prison that Paul was in when he wrote that uh, last book, it was, a, it was a, a pit of concrete. It was like a dome that came up and, and it was in the ground and, and they took the lead off of it and they would lower the prisoners down like this inside of it and there was about that much of feces down inside of it from the water that drained from the rain and then they used the bathroom. They, were, they didn't let them out to use the bathroom. They were down in this dark pit and, and there was down in there and it was some of the most encouraging letters that Paul ever wrote in this dark, dirty, nasty prison. Here's what he said. Now you think about this. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul said, I fought, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. He says, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all of them that love his appearing. What's Paul saying? Don't quit. You're on the winning side. Amen. Don't be afraid. Just pray and don't quit. Amen. 